What's up? Welcome back to an episode of MindSuite presented by The Rambler Project. Today we bring on Rebecca, the founder of the Lost Organization located in Hamilton, Ontario. This awesome place is a drop-in center for the maintenance of your mental health. Hear her story on how she started it and how she used her struggles to her advantage. All right, so today we're here with Becca and Rebecca or Becca. I would never, never know which one to call. Not Becky, so. Okay, so Becca or Becca. And yeah, sure. we're in this beautiful place called Lost, and I'd love to her, for her to kind of not only explain herself, but Lost as well. Sure. So hi, yeah, I'm, you can call me Rebecca, I guess, today. Okay. <laughs> um, I am the founder of the Lost organization, the beautiful place that we're sitting right now. Uh, Lost is a drop-in center for the maintenance of good mental health. So the idea behind it is that we want to offer support to anybody struggling with the barriers of mental illness or their mental health or even addiction issues at any time without having accessibility issues like cost or registration. Um, and for me personally, the reason I founded this organization was because I too myself struggled a lot and I had a lot of difficulty finding the care that I needed. And I was lucky enough to get through that, but when I did get through, was a bit shocked that it was so difficult. And I didn't think it should be so difficult because everybody has experienced something or knows someone and we shouldn't have to be running against, you know, walls all of the time when all we need is a little bit of help. Yeah. And like actually you just hit that hit like a perfect point. And I realized like the reason I do the Rambler project, the reason that we're here mm-hmm. and everything like that is because I just felt so frustrated, not only with kind of just like the process I had to go through, mm-hmm. but with how everything is around it, like how everything out there is, all the resources. I feel like they're there, but they're hard to find. I feel like there's yeah. people you can talk to, but they're hard to find. And you know what I mean? That's what kind of flows in the next question is like, what personally makes you kind of so um, drawn to personal growth within <laughs> a person? Because obviously loss isn't yeah. just for you, it's for <laughs> a lot of other people. So why, why help other people as well? So for me, the biggest change that I made in my life from when I was really suffering to we'll say now or a couple of years ago when things got easier was contributing to helping other people and connecting with other people um when you're really suffering it's it's a really isolated unplugged feeling it's you by yourself you don't think anybody else understands um and you feel absolutely alone so as I started to play with the idea of recovery I realized that I had to keep connecting with people and I had to keep contributing to helping other people along this journey too because when it was just me and I was unplugged and I was alone I was unwell and when I started to connect with others I became well so that's why it's so important and to me it's like that's the golden ticket we have to connect with each other give back and kind of re-embrace that idea of community that I think we've lost touch of yeah in this part of the world and then kind of rewinding a bit before that is then what was the point where you had to start realizing the importance of other people? Was that through like therapy? Was that through doctors? Was that just another part of your story? Like how did that all come into play? Because obviously like, well, obviously like that takes time as well. Like you don't just wake up one day and be like, oh, I should maybe go talk to people or I should maybe go share my story. It's like, that takes a lot of time. Yeah, so. absolutely. And that's like the Coles notes version because there was a long time where I felt maybe like the hostile is the right word towards other people. And I felt like everyone had failed me. Um, What actually happened was I struggled a lot with depression, anxiety. Uh, I actually started misusing substances as well. And I reached a really low point in my life. I guess you can call it rock bottom. Yeah. And I was 
absolutely unable to get help from my primary care physicians um, or any treatment centers due to wait lists. Again, there's like that accessibility issue. What I was able to find were AA groups, NA groups, um, all of those kind of self-sustaining communities where people who are struggling with mental illness or addiction can get together and help one another. And it blew my mind yeah. because they, these regular people told me things that resonated with me more than anything I'd ever been told in a hospital or, or in, in a doctor's office. And I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, the wisdom is there. Yeah. Like the, the way to recover is there. And it's literally just in everyday people. All we have to do is create an opportunity to share and listen. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that stuck with me for a long, long time. And it, it took a while to get to the point where I felt comfortable doing that on my own with other people. But that's where the seed was planted. And I, moving forward from there, had this idea or maybe even dream if you want to call it of creating an organization that could do the same for people but maybe it was a little bit less um structured in just addiction yep. that dealt with mental health or human beings in general as they are looking for help yeah that's awesome mm -hmm. and uh, here we are here we are um, sitting in it <laughs> and then also too like another thing we just touched on it, it, it's like a huge correlation between people that hit rock bottom yeah. And then start just kind of making these like amazing strides in life, whether it be like their personal story or them going out. Like the yeah. more people you meet, it's like there's that rock bottom moment. Like, do you think that's important? Or do you think that we should there should still be some sort of way where you can get mm -hmm. to those people before they hit rock bottom? Because obviously sometimes the storyline doesn't always end up like this. Sometimes yeah. it ends up a lot worse. Like um, kind of following the next point, like how do you think like do you think people should be reached out to earlier or do you think some people need that rock bottom? Yeah, I absolutely believe in early intervention, but I think that that point of rock bottom is extremely subjective. Some people have the awareness to reach a point that they want to reach out and aggressively find help, barrier or not, on their own without rock bottom. And some people do, unfortunately, have to reach that point before they realize, you know what, this is uncomfortable, this is terrible, I'm sick of this, I want to find a better way to live yeah. because the way I'm living is not working for me. So it's subjective. Each person's different. I hope that with early intervention in agencies like Lost, and there's so many others around the community, we can teach people the skills that they need before that happens. But I hope that when people do hit rock bottom, they can also find refuge here and find other people who have been where they are that can help direct them in the best way possible to manage that. Because often I think when people do hit rock bottom, they can't access those primary care services easily yeah. and they're really left on their own. And that's where you see a lot of tragedy in this community where people may perhaps overdose on substance. They may perhaps take their own lives by suicide. Yeah. Um, and that's what we want to avoid. We want to help people understand that there's a safe place to go at any point, right? Yeah. Whether it's whether it's rock bottom or somewhere in between there and well-being. Yeah. And like I've I've been here before. I've been here in the winter. And the one thing that yeah. literally I still tell people to this day is you walk in here and the kind of the feeling of being at home. Like you have yeah. the dogs, you have the animals, you have like this kind of like it's nothing clinical. That's the one thing I've shared before. Yeah. Is there's nothing clinical about this place at all. It's like you walk in. It's like you're not sitting at a waiting desk. You're not sitting kind mm -hmm. of in a hospital. You're not. And I think that's really important. Um, is that something that was intentionally done with how you? Yeah. Put the place together. And yeah, definitely. So like I think a lot of people can agree when you walk into a lot of the primary care resources or even some of the other community organizations, it's not always the most welcoming place. Yeah. And that's a problem. So, for example, if I'm going to sit you down and ask you to tell me about your deepest, darkest feelings, traumas, issues, and you're not comfortable, yeah, it's not going to work out very well. Yeah. 
So the idea behind creating a home was to one, help people feel comfortable enough to open up, but B, give people who don't have the privilege of having a safe place or a home a safe place to be because not all of us have the opportunity or the financial ability to access primary care resources. We also may not have a safe home. So to be able to come here, and usually what we say when someone signs up as our member, which is of course free, is just welcome home. You're part of the family now. Whatever you need will be there for you. Yeah. And then for somebody coming through the door, like what, what will they, like, what can they expect? Like a lot of people come, they're just so confused. And you said maybe they've been these other routes. They have nowhere to turn to right now as far as Mm -hmm. maybe their, the structure at home or their friends, or it's just like, it's still such like a hostile even topic to talk about for a lot of people. Um, like what, what is to offer for that person that comes through the door? So I think, um, everything here is based out of on peer support. So peer support being people with lived experience. So I have peer support because of my journey and what I've lived through and the staff here do, sort of the volunteers and all of the the members here. So when they walk through the door, you're immediately greeted by somebody who understands. We don't try to thrust kind of paperwork in your face or ask you uncomfortable questions, but just meeting them where they are and asking them what we can do for them. How can we make you comfortable? I mean, we also have the privilege of having the little dogs here. I find sometimes it's really hard for people to walk in when they've been you know, mistreated by other programs or just not found the right help. And when they see the dogs, they connect with them. We all know the benefit of support animals um, that immediately removes some of those walls that they might have as they walk in and makes them feel comfortable. And, um, you know, it's the place is beautiful. Like we work hard to make sure that Lost feels good and looks good so that people immediately feel a sense of safety here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like I, I said, like breaking down the walls is huge. I like guess when I walked out, yeah. walked in, and then even like this, when we sit down to have the peer support group, it was like super welcoming, super warming. Yeah, with the food and kind of the atmosphere, mm-hmm. like atmosphere, everything like about that. Um, yeah, it's the, like coming home for like a family dinner, and like yeah. I think in movies you might see people sitting down and they sit with their whole family, and they're like, "Hey, what are your highs and lows of the day?" Or like, "What was hard today?" And you talk with your parents about that. I mean, that again, there's another privilege, right? That's all the people don't have. Yeah. So. How can we create that family setting here with just people walking in and help them find the connection and community they need to be successful? Yeah. And now is it, is it to a point now where so many people kind of walk through the doors? It's like you kind of like do you almost like feel like a sense of purpose. Like when you see that individual walk through the doors, like has it kind of been like you probably never would have thought in a million years <laughs> that this would transpire. Yeah. Going back to like, you know, yeah. darker times where it was a dream. But now you're actually seeing people walk in like literally this is just like kind of like a lifeline. Yeah. And I'm guessing it's it like I can tell it works and things like that. Like, is it kind of motivating for you to see that? Absolutely. Purpose is huge. Um, I share about this a lot. I am one of those people who is driven every single day by a sense of purpose. If I didn't have purpose in my life, I think I would be back to where I was in a place of suffering and pain. Um, I remember being really young, like I'm I'm thinking under 10 years old and always thinking that I had this purpose to change the world. And as I grew up, I kept that sense. And I still have it today where I feel like my purpose in this lifetime is to change the world. I've just changed my description of that. So now I don't say change the world. I say I'm here to change our world. Because changing a world, someone's world, is just as important as changing the world. Because you don't know. If I I am able to connect with you and help send you on some path um, rather than the path of pain and suffering, right? And help you find your way, you may go out and change the world. Yeah. So for me, purpose is everything. It all comes back to that connection and contribution to other people. Yeah. Because we are only as strong as the people on the bottom, as our weakest link. 
And I think right now in society, we see a lot of that and that's not okay. It's important for all of us to stand up and speak for those who can't and be allies to those, right, who are in trouble and say that, hey, the only way we're going to move forward is if we do so together. Yeah. And like moving into kind of like today's society compared to how it used to be, everyone keeps saying, oh, it's getting better. It's getting better. It's getting better. There's going to be, there's more programs in schools. There's more kind of like um, billboards. There's more, it seems like there's a lot more help, but then yet you keep looking and you see higher anxiety and depression rates. You see like kind of, you see rates in like hospital care. You see stuff that is not declining. It's not going down. It's actually increasing. Like I saw a stat the other day of like kids help phone. I have a friend that works for kids help phone Mm -hmm. and their statistics are going up. Like as far as kids reaching out, which is good to reaching out, but at the same time, it's like how like how come these numbers are getting so high? And yeah, it kind of just gets the next point is like, why do you think though that we're moving forward with time and our education about it, and we're having conversations like this? But why do you think it's still getting worse? Like, could you is there any like things you can pinpoint, or you think it's a lot of things? Absolutely, there's a lot of things. I mean, it starts with our societal structure first and foremost, right? I always joke with people, you're kind of a computer, you're a human computer, and you've been programmed since day one within this societal structure. What do we not value in this societal structure? Um, Well, we don't really value anything outside of the binary. We don't really value emotional intelligence very much, right? Um, And we don't value education of those things, of feelings, of of anything kind of outside of the normal rat race. So that's that's problem number one, is we haven't been raised to effectively handle what it means to be a a human being. We are never given the training manual, right? I can pop open my car and find the manual in there. And unfortunately, we don't have one of those. And being a person is very complicated. I think that now moving into, you know, 2020, look at social media, look at the effects of internet and how that plays into the development of young people. We're looking at an entire generation of kids that don't know how to connect in person. And I'm sitting here telling you in this interview that the solution to this is connection, right? With other yeah. people, yeah. but they don't know how to do that. And that's mismanaged by us as adults. It's mismanaged by the people who have put the system in play. And that's what we need to look at moving forward is back to what you said, early intervention. Yeah. It's so important, but combined with connection and education. Yeah. So helping people get back to the basics yeah. because right now things are moving too quickly and we can't, because of the societal structure, yeah. maintain that. And we're seeing people becoming sicker and sicker. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree with that 100%. Um, and I look at, like, kind of my situation is I was never accountable in my life. I never, um, I kind of was always, like, frowned upon to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And kind of that toll that it took, but I look at my friends and kind of the community I grew up in, like, we... A lot of my friends, we had good opportunities. Like, as I said, like, I was never held accountable for anything. But then yeah. what that transition to is someone who's now terrified to make mistakes, terrified of every single step, an overthinker, um, kind yeah. of everything that comes. And I feel like that's still, I see a lot of my friends, see a lot of people. And with social media, you see all these celebrities and you see all these people mm-hmm. who are living these perfect lives. And yeah. you think they're like, wow, if I, all I have to do is do this, this, and this. And I get that. Where it's, I feel like, do you, like obviously yeah. goes to like the power, the, the importance of making mistakes. And being vulnerable and kind of developing mm-hmm. your self-worth, which I, I don't know. I feel like that's what a lot of kids need to, that they don't well, develop. I think you brought up a really good point is you look online on social media and you see a picture of someone living a perfect life. Yeah. When in fact, we know you and I sitting here that that doesn't exist. Oh. I can go and take a picture of me having a fantastic day when in fact, my day was awful. Yeah. We only see surface and that's what we're teaching people right now. The younger generation is that, you know, the surface is the most important thing. How you project yourself in the world is the most important thing. 
and we're missing out on a huge part of what makes a human function well, which is those life skills, right? Yeah. The truth underneath the surface, because I mean, any house can look great from the outside, yeah. right? But what's going on inside? Yeah. And how do we help people actually know what they need, right? To yeah. be healthy inside rather than what's going to make you look attractive online. Yeah. And like, obviously the people here are great at picking those things apart and helping mm -hmm. and help motivate. Now it kind of flows into the next thing. What do you think the importance is? Like, let's say my knees bothering me. It's the same old story. My knees bothering me. Go to a doctor right away. Yeah. My neck, something like that. Any little minor problem. I have a cut that's not healing properly. You go to a doc. It's like all these specialist doctors. When it comes to mental health, this kind of circles back. You you wait, you wait, you wait. You suppress, you suppress, suppress. Yeah. Like, how do you feel? Like, do you think people, it should be more regular if people go talk to therapists, to go to organizations like Lost, like, and how do you think that we can get kind of society to start doing that, start breaking down, going back to the walls, break down the walls of kind of society and how we treat it because it's yeah. still this like really bubble wrapped topic. So Yeah, well, I think you are starting in a great place here by having conversations about it. This is still so highly stigmatized. Um, again, back to the societal structure, I'll always go back to this. We got taught that just everything's good, just smile, yeah. right? Like smile through the pain and... We don't want to look like we're struggling externally. I think when we look at physical health and why we're we're so pushed to go to the doctor or talk about our physical ailments, I mean, look at how we glorify athletes and stuff. If you get hurt, it means you've been physically active. It means yep. you were doing something that people support to hurt yourself, right? Um, you know, we also deal a lot with the pharmaceutical industry. So there's no shame in the game of hurting yourself when you're playing a sport or riding a bike, right? Or you get in a car crash. I mean, we can understand that. But because there's so much uh, disconnect with mental health, yeah. we don't understand or correlate that with our physical health. Yeah. To me, it's the exact same thing. Like if you have something going on, the first thing I say every time, go talk to your doctor, yeah. right? Hopefully you have a doctor who supports you, who understands. If not, come to a place like Lost. We will help you find a primary caregiver who can meet your needs. Yeah. Something cool that we do here. But that's all, I know that's awesome. Overall, we need to keep talking about it. We yeah. need people like yourself, like myself, like everybody involved in the Rambler project to stand up and say, hey, this is normal. I've gone through this too. No, it's not comfortable, yeah. but we're all dealing with this and it needs to become more of a conversation. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, I agree 100%. And I, it's crazy because you still people assume that if you go talk to a psychologist, you go talk to a therapist, you go do anything like, let's say come to loss, like people look mm -hmm. at it like, well, what's wrong? I didn't think yeah. anything was wrong. It's like right away, like all the flags go off, but like <laughs> it's kind of, it should be normal to go actually express your feelings to somebody who, yeah. who's kind of not only educated, but understands them. Because exactly. I kind of look at where I come from. Sometimes your parents or your support system doesn't always understand. And it's not like they don't understand is they kind of close off their mind to pretend that doesn't happen. But I think finding ways to kind of, show people that what they're experiencing and what they might be thinking what other people are thinking is like really really powerful so absolutely um i like to look at trends like trending in society what's trending right now we often do things that are cool so i think what's important with this project and with things like lost and the other organizations in this community that are looking to make mental health care um more attractive yeah is that they're they're looking for more innovative ways to do that so it's not just like i said walking into your classic primary care office that's kind of dark and it looks like a doctor's office it's uncomfortable nobody likes yeah. being there it's like how do we actually make this something people will enjoy doing yeah i'm not saying it's going to be enjoyable to talk about the, some yeah. of the things we have to talk about in recovery but how do we make it as easy as possible yeah. right um and 
I, I think there are a lot of really cool ways we can look at innovating the mental health industry. Yeah. It doesn't have to be the same old thing. We are innovative um, when there's a need. And I think there's a need right now. So you're seeing a lot of really cool people and organizations stand up and say, well, we have a creative way to do this that can yeah. reach more people. Yeah. I think this is one of those ways too. Yeah. Well, thank you. I'm so, so being here. Mm -hmm. And yeah, just kind of to close off, is there any like, last things that you want to touch on that you feel should be shared about Lost or yourself or kind of what you'd really want other people to hear? I Yeah, sure. I really want other people to hang on, hang on a little bit longer. It definitely feels often absolutely hopeless. One of my biggest lessons was that I can't always trust what I think. So when I was really struggling, I thought that there was no possible way I could live a better life. I was misusing drugs. I was wildly depressed. I hated myself. I hated my body. I could not function as a human being at all. And there was no way that I could see a possible future for me outside of that. And now as I sit here today, I realize that I was absolutely wrong. Yeah. So even if you feel hopeless and like there's no way out, that doesn't necessarily mean it's the truth. So hang on and trust in the people that you can connect with in places like this to help you get there. Yeah. Because anything is possible and miracles do happen. Yeah. That's awesome. Unbelievable. Mm -hmm. That's a good way to end it. And now how can people contact you or Lost? Like what's, Absolutely. what's your like um, online handle or something, something like that? Sure. So the Lost organization is on Ottawa Street North in East Hamilton. You can find our website at www.wearelost.org. We love Facebook and Instagram. Actually, the staff and I do weekly check-ins on there. So you'll see us all the time with videos and we're trying to get as close and personal with mental health as possible to draw people in and help them feel connected even if they're not walking through our doors. Um, I'd say that's like the best way to get in contact with us. We don't have a phone right now. Um, yeah. We're living in the past. But most importantly, walk through our doors. It takes some people a really long time to walk in here. That's normal. But don't worry. It's okay. It's safe. It's a pretty good place. Yep. So come on in. All right. Well, awesome. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in and listening to the episode of MindSweep. Be sure to subscribe for weekly content, rate, as well as check us out online at The Rambler Project. See you later.